Hello, I'm Jessica Evans, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called St. Bernadette Subaru by Megan Gannon. Many people have heard the true story of Our Lady appearing in Lourdes, France in 1858 to a young girl named Bernadette Subaru. It is well known that Mary, calling herself the Immaculate Conception, appeared to Bernadette many times, asking people to pray, do penance, and to have a chapel built there in her honor. Everyone also knows about the spring of water that sprang up from the muddy soil that Mary asked Bernadette to wash and drink from as an act of penance. Today, Lourdes is one of the most popular shrines for Catholics to visit. What some people are surprised to know is that Bernadette had severe asthma her whole life. She was born January 7, 1844. Her father, Francis, was a flour miller, and her mother, Louise, did laundry for wealthy people in the town. Bernadette was the oldest child. Sadly, many of her brothers and sisters didn't live very long after they were born. Bernadette was one of five children that lived to make up the Subaru family. It was a happy, holy family that loved each other and their Catholic faith very much. Bernadette was often sick as a child and developed asthma when she was about six years old. She would lose her breath easily, begin coughing and wheezing, and her chest would tighten up. Her parents were so concerned that when she was 13, she was sent to a mountain area to live with a family who had taken care of her as a baby. Her family thought that the fresh air would help her. Bernadette tried to fit in with this foster family, doing any chores they asked of her, including watching the family's sheep each day as they grazed on a hill there in the mountains. Bernadette was lonely and missed her family very much. She returned to Lourdes after a year or so. Many families in Lourdes went through hard times in the 1850s, and the Subaru family was no different. They had always been poor, but things got even harder for them. They were forced to move into a very small one-room flat in the former town jail. It was such an awful place that it was nicknamed the Dungeon. These conditions weren't very helpful in preventing Bernadette's asthma attacks, but the family did their best to help her. Despite this hardship, this was a happy time for Bernadette. Not only was she back home with her family, she also began school with the Sisters of Charity and Christian Instruction, whose mother house was in Navarre in central France. Bernadette would have been shocked if anyone had told her that someday she would join the order. She was just so overjoyed to be getting an education, especially religious instruction, so that she could finally receive her first communion. She had desired this for a long time. Her foster mother had tried to teach her some basic lessons of the faith, but quickly gave up because she didn't think Bernadette was smart enough to learn. Most people thought of Bernadette as a quiet, shy, uneducated girl who was a hard worker, but would never be anyone special. The nuns and her new classmates soon got to know the real Bernadette, though. She was a joyful person with a great sense of humor who liked to laugh and joke with her friends. Everyone loved to be with her. On that famous day of February 11, 1858, when Our Lady first appeared to Bernadette in the grotto, her mother hesitated to let Bernadette, who had just come home from school, go out with their sister and a friend to collect firewood. After being allowed to go, Bernadette was careful to take precautions not to get sick and cause her asthma to act up. She didn't carelessly cross the stream of icy cold water as the girls did, even though it was freezing that day. She first looked for a dry area for crossing to the other side where firewood could be gathered. When she wasn't able to find one, she stopped to remove her shoes and stockings before walking through the stream. She knew that walking around with wet feet would surely give her a cold and cause her asthma to be worse. This gave her friends a head start as Bernadette struggled to catch up with them.
But it was this separation that Our Lady chose to use to appear only to Bernadette. At first, most people didn't believe Bernadette. Everyone thought she was making up the story of seeing a beautiful lady, who wore a long white veil with a blue sash around her waist and a golden rose on each foot. Her parents didn't believe her and didn't want Bernadette to return to the grotto anymore, even though Bernadette had wanted to go back very badly. They relented though. And eventually came to believe their daughter. Bernadette returned to the grotto and had a total of eighteen visions over the next few months. The priest doubted that the Virgin Mary would appear to such a poor, uneducated girl to ask that a chapel be built. The sisters who taught her in school strictly forbade all the girls from thinking and talking about the visions. The civil authorities went to great lengths, questioning Bernadette for hours at a time, threatening her, and trying to force her to change her story. All of these trials caused more asthma attacks, weakening Bernadette. As news of the vision spread, the townspeople and pilgrims from near and far also peppered Bernadette with many requests and favors. They also tried to win the family's favor by bringing them gifts. Bernadette always insisted that none of the gifts be accepted, even though they would help her family rise out of poverty. She and her family were under a lot of stress, which was not helpful for preventing the asthma from flaring up. In one vision, the beautiful lady asked Bernadette to dig in some dirt in the grotto. Bernadette soon found a trickle of water and was then told to wash her face and drink from the newly discovered muddy spring. By the next day, that little dirty pool of water had turned into the clean, clear, cool, flowing river that we know today. Soon, there began to be reports that the water from this new spring had special powers to heal. Unexplainable healings and cures began happening almost immediately. However, in her heart, Bernadette knew and readily accepted that the water was not meant to heal her from her asthma attacks. This is contrary to the way most of us would think. After all, since Our Lady appeared to her, and since she had gone through so much trouble convincing her family, the town, and the church that the apparitions were real, it would make sense that Our Loving Mother would cure her. Bernadette never asked for this, though, because she knew it was a way she could do the penance that Our Lady had asked for. Our Lady had told her that she would not be happy in this world, only in the next, and Bernadette accepted this fate without complaint. Bernadette would eventually go to live with the Sisters of Navarre to try to escape her newfound fame. First, she lived at the convent in Lourdes, and later, when she had decided to become a nun herself, she moved to Navarre. Bernadette's life didn't become any easier in this convent. There were still some who didn't believe her. A great many others did, and wanted her to repeat the story over and over again, which Bernadette patiently did, since she thought it might help others grow closer to God. Her superiors in the convent also made life hard for Bernadette. They thought her popularity would have a bad effect on her and make her proud and arrogant, so they gave Bernadette many hard tasks and humiliating penances. It took years for them to realize that Bernadette was a special person. Her health in the convent only grew worse. On top of her asthma, she developed tuberculosis and was often in the infirmary. When her health permitted, she had duties in the kitchen, the infirmary, or the chapel. She also did needlepoint for the priest's vestments. She always did her work cheerfully and without complaint, no matter how she felt. She died on April sixteenth, eighteen seventy-nine, saying, "Blessed Mary, Mother of God, pray for me, a poor sinner, a poor sinner." And that is now when we celebrate her feast day each year. Many people also associate her with February 11th, the feast of Our Lady of Lords. 
Amazingly, her body was found to be incorrupt during the canonization process and can still be venerated at the Chapel of St. Joseph at the convent in Navarre. December 8, 1933, was the date of her canonization, which was quite fitting since that's the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, which was popularized by the apparitions to Bernadette at Lourdes. You just listened to St. Bernadette Subaru by Megan Gannon, read to you by your door-to-door storyteller, Jessica Evans. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater, with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyrighted license agreement, a production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.